So our scripture reading this morning comes from John, the second chapter, uh, verses 29 through 37. Hear now the word of our Lord. John saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. This is the word of God. May it find its way into our hearts and lives this morning by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. So, um, there was a pastor who was alone in the sanctuary, and so he decided to kneel and pray in the sanctuary and sort of overcome in a moment of, of humility before God. Um, sort of recognizing his sin before God and, and God's benevolent grace, um, overcome with, with, with this experience, he began to exclaim aloud, I'm nothing, Lord, I'm nothing. And, uh, and this went on for, for quite a bit. Uh, the pastor was just kneeling at the altar saying, I'm nothing, Lord, I'm nothing. Well, the youth pastor walks in and he sees, uh, sees the senior pastor um, before the altar. I'm nothing, Lord, I'm nothing. And the youth pastor is overcome too. And so he kneels uh, at the altar and he begins uh, uh, to, to say the same thing. I'm nothing, Lord, I'm nothing. Well, then the music minister comes in and she's likewise overcome and she kneels at the altar and she says, I'm nothing, Lord, I'm nothing. And then the janitor comes in, the church janitor, and, 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 he, uh, and, and he sees the three at the altar, and, uh, and then he kneels at the altar, and, and he begins to say the same thing. I'm nothing, Lord. I'm nothing. And then the music minister looks over at the janitor, you know, um, uh, with his hands raised, eyes closed. I'm nothing, Lord. I'm nothing. And, uh, and the music minister whispers to the youth pastor, now look who thinks he's nothing. <laughs> there, uh, when you do a service like this, it's all about humility uh, before God. There can be kind of a performative aspect to it. Um, after all, uh, we are uh, we will be engaging in certain motions. We will all be um, uh, uh, saying certain words together, and there's I hope a kind of drama to the service. But we're not looking for performance this morning. 
Because this, uh, this ritual in which we're about to engage is a matter of the heart. It's a matter of our heartfelt humility before God. It's a matter of our, um, our, 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 our un- understanding that uh, in a myriad of ways, over the course of the last year, each of us has fallen short of his glory. And each of us needs to, uh, to make a correction. And maybe uh, we don't, all of us in here need to repent um, uh, a full 360 degrees. Of course not, that would get us right back where we were going. But even a full 180, right? Uh, none of us, uh, maybe, uh, maybe some of us just need a little bit of a correction. But all of us this morning come with hearts that need to be made right. And what better day than on January 1st, New Year's Day, to say this is the year I'm going to drop everything and follow Jesus. Philip and Andrew um, are, uh, are traditionally recognized as the two disciples that were standing next to, um, next to John the Baptist that day. And they made a decision, a radical decision, the first step in the rest of their lives. John the Baptist uh, said in their hearing, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and that's all they needed to hear. They dropped everything and followed Jesus. They became his disciples. What was it that they heard in those words that changed them so? What was it that they they heard in that simple declaration that that made them want to, uh, uh, to, to, to rearrange their entire lives? I sort of imagine Philip and Andrew um, singing around the campfire the night before. You know, our Rabbi John has been talking about this Lamb of God. He says he had a vision, a dream of some sort, and, 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 and he saw Jesus and the Spirit was descending on him. And, 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 and that moment he knew that this was the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. What do you suppose that means? And they sort of scratched their heads and tried to work it out together. Maybe uh, they're talking about temple sacrifice. But the more they think about it, the more that doesn't really make sense. Because in the temple, um, uh, to atone for sins, um, you usually sacrifice, uh, depending on the infraction, a goat, a bull, or a full-grown sheep. Never a lamb. So what does it mean? This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, Andrew says, maybe it has something to do with, with Passover. Remember in the Passover story how, how when we were slaves in Egypt uh, on, on the eve uh, uh, before our liberation, we were instructed to take the blood of a lamb and to put it over our doorposts. And that simple act of obedience marked us. 
and all that befell on our neighbors didn't befall on us. Because the angel of death passed over. Maybe when he says that, uh, when he's talking about uh, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, maybe he's talking about, uh, about that mark of Passover, that there's someone coming that is somehow going to, to mark us with his blood so that we can have liberation and newness of life. Philip says maybe he's talking about uh, uh, the blood of the covenant. Remember when, our, uh, when we were at Mount Sinai and, uh, and, and, and we made this agreement with God after the Ten Commandments had been read and, and, and we decided to ratify the covenant. Remember how, uh, how Moses uh, uh, took the blood of a lamb and he sprinkled it on the people and he said, Behold the blood of the covenant. Maybe somehow this person who is coming is, is going to, 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 to make a new covenant with us and is going to make the way possible for us to share this new covenant. Maybe it's even the new covenant that, that Jeremiah talked about. When, he's, when he said to the, the exiles, I will make with you a new covenant, not written on stone, but written on the flesh of your heart. Well, Philip and Andrew sat by the fire and they scratched their heads and they tried to figure this out. And maybe it was them then that one of them thought of Isaiah 53. Remember Isaiah 53? The song of the suffering servant, the one we've been all trying to figure out and no one's quite sure what it means. Of course I remember, says Philip, it says, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a, sh a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep had gone astray. Each of us had turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. Maybe they reasoned somehow that this, uh, this person, whoever he is, that the Lamb of God is going to suffer on behalf of the world. That, that just like that lamb and that suffering servant is, is, is led to the slaughter, so he too will be led to the slaughter. Somehow he will be pierced for our transgressions and our iniquity. Somehow, all the wrongdoing that we've done can be wiped clean by this lamb. And so I imagine Philip and Andrew sitting there by the fire, just sort of, uh, just sort of in awe of it all. 
There is so much more to this God thing than we really understand, isn't there? We're being led to new depths every day, aren't we? Then the next day, they're standing next to their rabbi, the person that they've pledged their lives to, the person that they've agreed to follow no matter what. And this guy from Galilee shows up. Nothing special looking about him. Just looks like anyone else. And he's walking by and John says, there he is. That's the one I've been talking about. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's all they needed to hear. They dropped everything, rearranged their entire lives in a moment, and followed him. Brothers and sisters, that is the only response to the good news. The good news that uh, we have a Passover lamb that, 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 that makes it possible for us to live, to have newness of life, and to achieve liberation. We have, a, we have one that was willing to be slaughtered on our behalf so that our sin could be taken away. The only response is to drop everything and follow him. But I want to caution you. Everything we do this morning is not so that. It's because of. Everything we do here this morning is not so that God will have pity on us. It's not so that uh, uh, God will recognize our humility and, and bestow his blessings upon us. Everything we do this morning is not so that God uh, uh, will send his son to die for us and cleanse us of our sins. It's because of. It's because we have been shown the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Because the blessings have been given to us when we didn't deserve it. Because when we were powerless to do anything for ourselves, Christ died for the ungodly. Everything we do this morning is a joyful response. And the only response available to us is to drop everything and follow Throughout this series, um, uh, uh, if, if you've been joining us for Bible study or, uh, or, or up here um, uh, uh, during the sermon series that, uh, that Jim so ably uh, brought to its conclusion, we've been talking about this cycle. Crisis, redemption, covenant. You see it all through the Old Testament into the new. There's always some kind of crisis, some kind of problem, usually brought on by the people's disobedience. And then God redeems them. Then God performs the mighty act that, that, that sets them in the right place, that gives them the deliverance they need. And it is only after that that there comes a new relationship 
a covenant. And I would ask you as we renew our covenant this morning to remember that cycle. Each of us has a crisis in our lives, often brought on by disobedience, a crisis of sin. But Jesus Christ has redeemed us by his blood. And the only response available to us is a covenant of discipleship. Is to say, you are my Lord, you are my master. I'm forsaking everything else and I am following you. Our theme this year as a circuit is discipleship. You're going to hear that word discipleship a lot. Uh, uh, Each church is going to have a discipleship team that that sort of talks about um, how uh, how we we encourage each other to move forward and take the next step of discipleship. I hope you're, you're, you're sick of the word discipleship by the end of the year. Actually, I hope it means something different to you by the end of the year. I hope by the end of the year it means something not that other people do, but a commitment that I've made. This is going to be the year of discipleship. But it begins today. Recognizing what God has already done for us in Jesus Christ and responding the only way available to us forsaking everything else, renewing our covenant, and following only him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.